Hi, friend. Woo! I miss you. It has you. been a while. It's good to see you. Here, let me, let me put the camera on my face. I, can I don't have my good camera. This is oh, just my computer are. camera. There's your beautiful, beautiful Here face. I am, Lord. Is That's a look. Did I, Lord? Luke, when he was eight, thought this song was deep. That <laughs> should tell you about the songwriting. So how you been, man? How's how's fatherhood? It's good. You're, four, you're on week four now, right? Or is this week three? Pretty much. I mean, it's week yeah. four. I don't know. Time has lost all meaning here in the in the COVIDness. Although I have a theory that we're going back to the correct timeline. I'll explain later. Okay, uh, I'm excited. So no, it's good. It's great. Everly's a delight. Uh, she's cute as heck. Um, I just think the world of her, except for when she's screaming. I'm trying to change her diaper, and I don't know what to do. And I beg her to stop, and she doesn't. And I go, "Fine, you win." Um, this one, and then she winks at me. Very odd. <laughs> Damn right, ding. She's like, oh, "Battle wills. I'm gonna win." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, it's great. She's fantastic, and uh, you know, it's it's, it's funny because there are times that I'm like, "Oh, this is easy." There are times like, "This is horribly, horribly hard," uh, and uh, it's good. It's good, man. It's good. What are the horribly, horribly hard times? Just like, man, diaper changing. I did t- it's like two things. Di- diaper changing and just like a screaming child in your in your arms that just isn't stopping. And, you know, you're trying to do all the things and, and eventually she'll get there. I'm doing all the swaddling and, um, other, you know, all the stuff. But it... Uh, we're shushing. We're swaddling. We're, swaddling. we're turning we're, her on her side. We're got the past the fire. Her. Yeah, we're doing all <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Uh, <laughs> go into shimmy for me in case you guys wanted to know what in happened. Case you, in case you want to know what that pause was I've followed never, by laughter. I've never seen you done anything like that before. That's why it was great. Oh, Usually man. when you dance, it's just the, the way that you step. <laughs> or, you, or you have the old like arm up in, in the air kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah or the Spanish butterfly. Uh, you know, I, I I regret calling it the Spanish butterfly because it's so close to the S- Spanish fly. You know that stuff you put in people's drinks to knock them out and take advantage of them. No, no, I'm a good person. I've never heard of that before. You never heard of Spanish fly? Bill Cosby used to have Spanish fly jokes. Uh, yeah, I was listening to uh, someone oh, that was no. they were going through a bunch of comedians, and one of them was. You know what was weird? There were a hand, there was even an episode of Cosby of the Cosby Show about Spanish fly. And I was like, oh, I feel uncomfortable about everything. All his laws, our heroes are dead. Cast down your <laughs> idols. <laughs> oh, 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 man. You know, what I, you know what I think about a lot that's really sad? Is the me? line. Me? Yeah, it's me? No, true. You, I think about you a ton. <laughs> wonder what Gomer's doing right now. wonder what he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I probably know. It's, it's like one of three T-shirts. <laughs> yep. And they're all uh, gray. Your they're all dark t-shirt, gray. Your, the one t-shirt from your parents. Your parents. Your parish. Same thing. Uh, <laughs> or this, I, I'm wearing the Mafrat one right now, and I got the other dark gray one on the floor next to me. And I just got the uh, parish uh, orange one covered in covered in paint. Classic Gilmer. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck was I saying? You were thinking about me. 
Yep, there's something else before You were going to talk about something else, and then I said, you know what I've been thinking about lately? Me? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, So, okay, remember, like, this is so stupid, but it's so true. The Dark Knight um, line where he goes, you either die the the hero or you live um, long enough to become the villain. 100%. I was thinking about that on Monday morning. I was like, I'm living that right now. It's funny because when I was in my 20s, I was like, what the hell is he talking about? And so, I, you know, I was 25 when that film first came out. Oh, my gosh, Gomer, it's been that long. Isn't that insane? Well, it is. Yeah, years. When you're 25, you were still the, still the hero. <laughs> now yeah. you're almost 40 and you're becoming the villain. <laughs> and it's, it's so weird because they're just like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the most profound thing in the world. Let's be clear here. It's not, you know... Um, uh, it's. I'm trying to think of like a you know like the Iliad. It's a, it's a pithy saying. It's not deep wisdom. <laughs> yeah, but there is some truth to it that we don't mm-hmm. really talk about, and that's what's interesting about it. Is for the most part, everyone's going to let you down eventually. It's just funny how it, like over time, like I I don't know, I can't think of like what it was that caused me to think about that. If, if I was on top of things, I would have written this all down. Um, but then we wouldn't be. I'm catching foxes, and the world would cease to exist. <laughs> Perhaps we're the reason why we're in the darkest timeline. It um, it just there's something about when it comes to leadership, when it comes to uh, like heroes or whatever, you're eventually going to be let down. I think there's just like the human condition is just broken enough that the more of the more of a person you have, the more broken. Uh, now, th- now this is why um, sainthood is so interesting because it's the inverse of of that. Uh, but it's almost like nature determines we're going to like break eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was I, I was painting upstairs. And I was thinking about that line because I was like, you know, if I would have gotten out of parish ministry in three years in, or in four years instead of now pushing six, almost seven, in terms of at, at my job doing adult faith formation, I said I wouldn't have had enough time to make enemies. Like there are – I mean you, yeah, you hear yeah. this you hear this every so often that there are people who are literally lying about you in the parish. And you know their lies, right? And they're lying about it. And I was like, man, if I would have gotten out, I, I would have, you know, I, would, I wouldn't have this, like, people feeling the need to attack me. But once you're in there long enough, you have to start making decisions that people don't like. Right? When you're in the beginning, you might make some decisions. Oh, he's the new guy. He got out of here. We replaced him, blah, blah, blah. But when you're there for the long haul, you're, you, there's another shift that kip, kicks in your brain where you're like, I re- I'm trying to build something that endures not something that's a flash in the pan. And a flash in the pan is amazing for your ego. But once you start building something for the long term, you have to be very opinionated and you will have enemies. And I started thinking about like so I'm 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 painting the wall and I'm having this moment with Jesus. And I'm thinking about literally the pa- uh, the passage, the quote, <laughs> the passage from sacred scripture. <laughs> from Nolan Nolan uh chapter 2 verses uh 17. Uh, but I was thinking about that quote and I was like, I'm living long enough in my position to now be the villain and I don't want to be the villain. And I'm like, but they're lying about me. Like it's a, like I, and, and then I, I feel like Christ was just saying to my heart, all right, do you know it's a lie? Yes. Is there any truth behind their words in this particular case? Absolutely not. And then he said, okay, 
So do you want to get out so that you can feel good? Or do you want to stay in so that you'll actually be good? Because they persecuted mm. the prophets who came before you. Just like they persecuted me. Like, yeah. It's okay. You're in good company. This is the refining fire. And I'm like, but I thought the refining fire was going to be like on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And I got off of that. (laughs) I thought I could hold it at arm's length. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to feel it in the core of my soul. And I do. I do. That's one of the interesting things about, uh, you know, being in a post-Christian culture now is that there's this ideal of progressing towards, like, well, of progress. You know, of like we're trying to bring up, we're trying to like reach towards this, you know, unattainable thing of like of sainthood, really, of you know, holiness. Of there's an idea of we're on an uh, we're on a journey and always trying to make things better. Yeah. But when there's no common definition of like what, of what we of what we mean by better, of what. Um, of, like we're not actually attaining anything, but there's this idea that we that we, we should be, yeah, yeah. And so then you um, are always going to be let down if you kind of adhere to the world standards because the more you're going to get to know a person, the more you're going to see their you're going to see their brokenness. And you're totally right that like there's this um, we have to be okay with being rejected and despised, and if because that means you know if, to really have roots means you're planted and you're there and not everyone likes the tree to some people the tree is in in the way to some people the tree is is you know is like beautiful and to some people the tree is just a thing that's always been there and they just kind of ignore it yeah you know like how many it's it's really interesting we go through this thing where we'll have like our fan of the month there's a few people who have stuck around for actually there's a lot of people who've stuck around for the long run you know, uh, I can actually I'm thinking of their names right right now. But there's also these people that are like real into us for for a bit, and they'll like contact us on like social media. They'll they will email us. They'll start to follow us. They'll add us. Like we'll you know like we've we are oh, Facebook friends with like a decent amount of our fans. I I think the ones that we have gotten um, to know over time. They'll even like add us on 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 the Facebook or something. And then it's just like a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. And then they're just kind of, you know, they stop supporting us on Patreon, which is fine. I'm not saying this is bad. It's just that, um, there's this, um, I often wonder like, why does that, like they just lose interest in us. Yeah. And well, probably in you go on. Yeah, it's true. No. Yeah. People (laughs) really, I'm the most divisive one at times. It's very interesting. I'm um, like, <laughs> Brass Gomer's is telling you um, what you want to hear. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Now, ask a question <laughs> about your scapula. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm never going to forget that. Can you guys talk about scapulas? What makes you ever think we're going to talk about scapulas? <laughs> guys, I love the brown scapular. I enrolled in it when I was in sixth grade. No, it's great. Never it's back. great. It's great. I, yeah, but like, vote, did you? Vote, vote for Gormley. I'll talk about <laughs> scapulars. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Luke hates scapulars. <laughs> Not oh, at I'm all. sorry, Carmelites. I don't want to carry your devotion around with me everywhere I go, said Luke Carey. <laughs> it's just funny because I'm like, when have we ever been a podcast yeah. to talk about like different devotions? Yeah, you know, I do. It, it is it is funny, like to see, like the waves of people that that hop aboard the catching foxes train and then hop off. And Luke, I, I want to say, I I want to give you my heartfelt thanks for what you said. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before. Your thanks to our Patreon supporters 
especially those who have had to step away. And um, it's been really cool to see, like, so many people have stepped off because of the horrible financial crisis that we're mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And, like, guys, like, that, that's, that's a good thing. Like, we're, yeah, you're not yeah, going to hurt. Yeah. You're not going to hurt our feelings in any way, shape or form. If you have to take care of you and yours. Like we had a guy, um, John, who was supporting us with a lot of money and he lost his job and he wrote us an apology letter almost. And I'm like, John, we love you. But please. I mean, obviously, if you have Netflix, you're a fiend. But put, no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like the, and, and I just want to tell people, like, if you even remotely like this show, the biggest compliment people don't understand this. The biggest compliment you can ever say for us is. To share the show. Like, that truly is yeah, that's the true. biggest, that's like, true. That's true. you know, to share the show. Maybe it's an episode. Maybe it's, you, you know. But I can't tell you how many people at Steubenville, Florida, youth ministers, parents, you know, a lot of them are more of the every knee shall bow crowd. Um, <laughs> Ooh, you know, or, or, or competition. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no competition. Uh, the uh, I'm just kidding, but a lot of them, a lot of because it's explicitly like theologically based, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to evangelize? You nerds love but, that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we talk about brown scapulars at least twice yeah. a week. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dave and Vickle can beat the shit out of me, so I'm <laughs> fully aware of that. Beat the crap out of both of us with his eyes closed. Yeah. But um, but it was so cool hearing people who come up to me um, and are just like, dude huge fan of the show i'm sorry i can't support you on patreon i'm like the fact that you're a huge fan of the show is your support for us like yes i will always take your money but <laughs> and uh ten and, out of ten times no the question part, yeah. yeah the best part i'm hanging out with father mike schmitz right he's one of the priests um there and there's a handful of others and we have a reputation among people who have maybe heard our show a couple times especially in the early days who are like <laughs> Yeah, I heard that guy drop the F-bomb. I'm like, you should be on Catching Foxes. And I'm like, guys, we don't just drop F-bombs <laughs> no, the whole show. Please don't say that in front of some of these people from the camp- conference office. <laughs> they will blacklist me. <laughs> but I'm like, we don't. We don't. But it is so cool to hear people. Like, I had a guy walk up and just like, I, you know, he was a seminarian. I wish I got his name. And he was like, I, I wish Luke were here. I, would, I love you guys so much. God bless you for the work you do for the kingdom. And I was like, for the kingdom. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell everyone the story? Of, it's funny. We were having like a profound talk that just, that just turned into us talking about us. Classic Catching Foxes. <laughs> Class, yeah. But it's it like was, we're a pyramid scheme or something. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let's talk about you and the way you love us. <laughs> but no, I do. I, I just love when I was going back and editing it because – you know, when you're editing it, you experience the show in a different way. You almost experience it as a listener, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's yeah. just funny to hear the things. And when you were saying that, you know, I'm, it was the very beginning of the show, and I'm, like, trying to get stuff going, and I'm, like, dealing with two different computers, and I had some failure on, on, on some of the stuff that was in the background. And then re-listening to that, I was like, I am very happy you said what you said and the way you said it. I thought it was killer. I thought it was killer. So thank you, Luke. Oh, yeah. No, hey. Uh, really quick, and then we'll, we'll get back to talking about, like, pride and the fall and all the good stuff. But tell people the story about when you were about to give your talk and what someone screamed out loud. This I can't, when you I can't remember which one. Uh, there's so many stories, Luke. So many you, stories. you said Literally that you got on stage, you were about to talk, and someone goes, I wish this was Luke, or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> was that guy a seminary? No, I think that guy was a youth minister. Yeah. It was just Luke. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Uh, you know what? In a way, me too. Me too. Because then he'd bomb, <laughs> and then you would be begging for Daddy Gomer. He would just be talking, and you'd be like, what the hell is this guy saying? And why is he sweating so much? <laughs> <laughs> I know why. I know why. It's true. Uh, Carrie sweats so much. No, but so um, 
it's you know, and I'm not saying like there's no one way to be a fan of a thing, yeah, or, or anything um like that. But I always think it's interesting with people who occasionally will hear someone who you know, or I've, I've experienced where like someone that you like says a thing that you don't agree with. You know, there are okay, so there are certain Christian people like you know um, influencers or I don't know how like I don't want to use the word like celebrity, but um, well-known thought, individuals, thought leaders, no uh, influencers. <laughs> You know, uh, but the famous people. swag sellers, yes, the a, the A and B list Catholic celebrities, yeah, who go through stuff and they start mm-hmm. to change. They either deconstruct or blah 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 blah. Yeah. And uh, it's very easy to like, you know, scarlet letter them and be like, oh, you're bad. You're like, you're now not this thing where you know you're not clearly orthodox. You're not blah blah blah. And there are times when I think it's exhausting and just kind of annoying. But there is this element of. Um, why do I want these people to be like what they like? So to quote Taylor Swift and her fantastic album, Folklore, I am freaking obsessed with this. Um, <laughs> she has some line in there. I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it goes, I'm sorry that I'm not the projection in your head or something like like that. And um, I think that's actually kind of deep that, that that we have this you know thing where we expect people to be like this. You know, uh, a person like heard our show. There was a comment on Twitter where they said we made a sexist joke, and they haven't listened to us. Unless you know, I was like really upset about that because I'm like, when would we make a sexist joke? Like, I would never do that. And if she had listened to the show, I hope she would know that like we're very much against those kinds of things and would not do that. And and like that's kind of always like my go to thing where people tend um, to criticize us is I think have you listened to the to us like have you listened to anything we've said like you know what we are striving for but how often do I do that to other people because they're not whatever I expect them to you know to be yeah so while the whole Black Lives Matter stuff is going on if I'm processing that out loud and some people don't like the 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 conclusion that I come to am I somehow like less because of that then. And I think we, if we're being honest with ourselves, we do that because um, there's this – we have this like – we expect sainthood, which is really interesting. But sainthood comes at the end of all things, right? You know, like it's, there's this – like there's no real respect for the journey. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm processing well, it out mean, loud. But. Yeah, yeah. So one day I was talking with uh, a, a beautiful, brilliant, holy young woman. I would classify her as holy. And we were talking and she said, you know, as, and, I, and I've shared this before, but she just said, I was reading this autobiography or this biography of Mother Teresa and it was so powerful and moving. And then there was a whole chapter on her prayer life and I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how come I can't have a prayer life like this? I'm so far. And she actually reading the saint stories did the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do. It de-inspired her. It deflated her from pursuing holiness because she wasn't at that level. And I just looked at her and I said, hey, like, Mother Teresa wasn't at that level. Like, this is this is often uh, the whitewashing that we do of saints' lives to make them seem 
as perfect as we want them to be. Like they're like they have edited Teresa Lazoo's journals and diaries, and it wasn't until much later that we got like this little girl who grew up in you know her parents are are, are beatified or canonized. I can't remember they which are canonized now. I believe yeah. And and uh, you know her older sister was the head of the of the convent, so she went from this loving home into a convent. Died at like twenty four or twenty seven, can't remember which. And and she was racked by atheism, right? Like you, you people lose sight of this stuff. That I mean, Mother Teresa it was not like years after that they released some of her journals that was like, uh, "Love that word means nothing." I send my prayers up to heaven, and like so many knives, they fall back to earth and pierce me. You know, that's why she said, God, if you treat your friends like this, no wonder you have so few, right? Like there, there becomes this element where we look at the end product, just like you were saying, it's this long journey. We look at the end product and we pretend like they were always that from the beginning. They're not mm-hmm. Jesus. They're closer to St. Paul, right? St. Paul chased other saints away. They couldn't stand him. Like Mark abandoned following Paul. Right, <laughs> like it was like people are jerks sometimes, but there's yeah. We, I I think we have this like movie, like a badly written script version of a hero, and that's what we call a saint. And it's too fake, and they it's it's a Mary Sue in 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 movies, right? The person who has no flaws, uh, has unlimited power, a perfect faith, you know, and can conquer any obstacle no problem. And that's not real life, and that's not the saints. Mm-hmm. You know that that wasn't their life, and so. There comes a point where the hagiography, hagiography of the saints becomes a distortion and it actually has the wrong effect of what we want. We look at the completed life and we say, not how can I get there, but we despair of ever getting there. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, I started going to therapy probably about maybe four months ago, maybe three months ago. And I just kind of realized that healing is something that the Lord wants us to receive. But healing is always an invitation from God. Quite often he asks people to, to you know, take a step out. We have to take action. And a great way to do that is through a group called BetterHelp. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and I'm a thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you feel like you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is indeed available. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. You can go to betterhelp.com slash reviews and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily. So this is what we're going to do. We have a special offer for podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash foxes. You go to slash foxes and you will get 10% off your first month. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor. BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Yeah. And it's interesting. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about woke culture and the push towards equality and 
justice, and I like that. I think especially the justice piece because I think that there's such a lack of that. And of course, um, equality is important as 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 well. But I think it's uh, the justice that um, when we have justice that will that will lead towards more e- equality. And what pushes me away from like woke culture is the rejection. You know, so there's a been an attempt to. I mean, it's canceling. I guess is what I'm saying. So take someone like. I don't know about her that well. Uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce her name because I'm tired. Uh, Flannery O'Connell, author, O'Connor. very famous O'Connor. Um, yeah. She had a building um, named after her and out in some school run by a Jesuit, of course. And I'm uh, just kidding. It's still all my Jesuit. <laughs> my old spiritual director um, was a Jesuit. It's fine. Um, but you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and. Um, and they decided so it was it was like like a dorm hall and they and, and they took her name off of there because of some stuff she wrote as a as a teenager that 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 was racist and what bothers me about that is i'm like that completely like one I just – except for, like, horrible crimes, I do not think you should hold teenagers accountable to the stuff that they do. Like, teenagers are stupid. They're programmed to be stupid to help their development into becoming a full-fledged adult. Like, they're <laughs> stupid. Kids are effing stupid. And so um, – and it's fine. That's Like, it's part of their – like, they make hor- – like, think of all the stuff that you did as a teen. Like, we all did horrible, horrible things, myself especially. And uh, poor yeah, I Francie. Just, I, I literally just – oh, God. <laughs> I just took turns enrolling myself in the different scapulars of the church. That's all I did when I was in high yeah. school. Yeah. That's a lot of your problems. Um, <laughs> it's Social skills. Yeah. Probably should have said her name earlier on, so feel free to edit that out. Nope. Too late. <laughs> Ship a sale. That's fair. No, that's fair. It's Thursday. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm making my own bed. So um, – but it denies, like – a person's ability to repent and to change. Yeah, it's sick. You know, like so. I, I, I it's very much like a, it's, it's a, it's a guillotine without a guillotine. Yeah. And I just don't. I, I, I am all about. Like I thought that I'm Louis I'm CK as hard as that was for me to hear about. And I remember the first time I heard about it from, um, f- from a friend who's in that world is like it's coming. And I was like, no, 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 like not him. You know, I'd, I'd heard stuff that he's, you know, came, and I, I wasn't surprised that, you know, he's a pervert. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, anyone who heard his stuff, it's right there. <laughs> but um, it was good that that came out and he was called out on his crap. Yeah. I don't know if it means that we sh- I should never watch his comedy again. I don't, I don't, and I'm, I'm not comfortable saying we should just never pay attention to this um, person again. Because what if he goes through profound change and repentance and, um, like, becomes a person who's worth paying attention to? I mean, every person's worth paying attention to, but, like, y- you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I, I don't like that at all. At all. Yeah, no, I hate woke culture. It's the stupid. It's, it's Puritanism without God. Right, it's just it's an ideological warfare. Redressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is it, it is really pure is. ideology. And here's the other thing that I think you know, I I find it fascinating how. So I went back to my old homeboy Alistair McIntyre, and I've been re-listening to some of his stuff. And uh, you know, the good old YouTube algorithms fed me a um, 
Joe Rogan clip with uh, him and the guy that founded the Spartan Games. You know, those like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and it was so I went and listened to the whole interview. It was a fascinating interview. But they were talking about, like, morbid obesity and all this stuff. Because Spartan Games is about challenging yourself and pushing past. And they were going back and forth with all this stuff. And he said, well, what should we do? Should we have a tax on sugary foods? And he goes, no, man, it's freedom. You can't get these elite athletes without, you know, having people the, the freedom to ruin their life and get diabetes. Like, he's like, yeah, but we should do something. He's like, the government should educate, but nothing more than that. And blah, blah, blah. And it was just interesting to hear their dialogue. And you realize, like... So right after I listened to that, I, I got my car and I was driving. And I put on the audiobook of Alistair McIntyre, and he had said, um, for the ancients and the medievals, the community was necessary to form the moral life, right? That's why politics, Aristotle's politics, was studied seamlessly with Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics in in you know in in, in the ancient and in the modern modern school or medieval as, schools. As you do, as you do, but. Today, in liberalism, which is everything basically after the 1700s, um, and this is like Joe Rogan's thing. It's like, no, no, no. The community doesn't mean anything to my moral life other than the arena whereby a bunch of individuals determine their stuff, you know, determine their own ends and means and all this stuff. Like the, and that, that's the liberal order, right? You, I don't get to tell you what the meaning of life is. And if I can't tell you what the meaning or point or end goal of life is, then we can't share that. And it's so funny because – we live in this, such a fractured world that we have a little bit of utilitarianism, a little bit of materialism, right? Yeah, A yeah. little bit of Catholicism, a You're little right. Aristotle. Uh, yep. And yep. we have these mixtures. And it's so funny to hear someone who, like Joe Rogan, right, raised Catholic, not a great home, like a terrible home, he, he, more or less broken home, abandoned his Catholic faith, thinks religion from the Jordan Peterson side, like, holds deep truths, but there's not a real God Jesus isn't the son of God. These are just stories that make us better as human persons. But to hear him talk about transgenderism as if humans have a nature, have an essence, and then to hear him talk about, like, he, he bounces between conservative, liberal, libertarian, and uh, what do you call it? libertine, where it's like, just everything goes sexually. Who cares? And it's so funny to hear in this one personality like, and how, like, literally, you read the comments. These are diehard fans with him who are like, I'm done listening to you. You make no sense. And it's funny because it's just what you're saying. Like, the fandom, we also are a hodgepodge of things we expect, the ways we analyze mm-hmm. and view things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So when they come up again, like, we all have things that cancel culture us, right? Like, we all have things like, oh, you're ravenously pro abortion. I'm done. Right? Pearl Jam, I will steal your sons from Napster. Thank you. Thank you. I will not contribute to your Planned Parenthood donations. But it, it is funny. Like, but the, the atheistic, materialistic, secular culture going so radical has become the church lady is the, is the, is the radical feminist or the woke culture people. Like, it, it is scary to me. It is scary to me because it's unbridled there's no limit to it well and i and now they're canceling jr or uh, jk rowling yeah that's yeah <laughs> that's a whole thing <laughs> that's a whole thing it's a whole thing yeah, I, it is. I, I i think well and here's it like if you w- want to use history as an example of nope. what happens with this <laughs> it eventually collapses in in on itself always yeah well, you know and so i and i don't know what it looks like when it's not violent Mm-hmm. So will it become violent, Chad? 
or will it just kind of somehow will people get exhausted of it? Mm. I, I'm more inclined to believe people will get will get exhausted of it. You know, so um, I, I think you're right. I think that's why you have podcasts like Dave Rubin and Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan is the most successful podcaster in the world right never now. Never saw that um, coming. Very interesting. Yeah, no, at all. Right. At all. Like, here's this guy. I mean, yeah, he, he is an incredible interviewer. But yeah, who would have thought? Well, it. it's, yeah. it's all. Yeah. It's all these disenfranchised leftists who are so done with woke culture. Right, that that's what I think. Like, there's the the nonviolent. I'm exhausted with this. I'm going to pull a Dave Rubin and say, even though Dave Rubin is a gay married, you know, man who loves abortion, like he still finds more common cause with conservatives than liberals. And it's just fascinating to see this massive oscillation between one side and the other. And I'm just like, oh God, I wish I was Amish. <laughs> well, I think this is one reason why I need to. I I wanted to get off of. Twitter was because Twitter is where cancel culture thrives, thrives. And quite often yeah. starts. Mm-hmm. And um, it it's it's so – you know because I, I don't know how you really engage with that anymore because this is why I was – like at times I wonder if the internet's bad even though it's given us such a great you know uh, thing here and so many songs are for free. Um, <laughs> is that really love the Dave Matthews um, alternate version of 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 number forty? So if that's what I get, and I also have to deal with um cancel um culture, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but my but uh, damn it, Luke, don't make so many stupid sidecom if you forget your point when you're tired. <laughs> so tired. Should, should we cancel the internet? That's what you said. Oh yeah, yeah. like it. It just um. There's no, you know, like stuff isn't peer reviewed anymore. There's no real standards. There, it's just anyone can put anything out there. So I think about what happened to Chris Hardwick. You know, his ex girlfriend puts out a blog, basically, yeah. c- calling him out, and his career is just is de- is destroyed. Now, some people point that towards as this is more within the Me Too movement. I want to distinguish that between. Yeah. Uh, me too is a part of woke um, culture, but not entirely. I, like yeah. I think that like the Me Too movement is in, is in. It's actually good to call people out for doing these horrible things. Yeah, like like that stuff needs to stop. And I think there's a that's it's not. Um, but some people point that towards of how it can self correct itself because here's this thing put out by this girl about her ex about her ex about her ex boyfriend and it ruins his career but then over time it comes out that probably what this guy is really guilty of is being just maybe not the maybe like I'm not the best boyfriend in the world and annoying guy to work for at times yeah and so some people have said, like, this is an example of how people can kind of bounce back from that stuff because he's, you know, he's got his shows again. He has he has his podcast. But I'm telling you, as, as like a, a guy who was a very, very, very big fan of his stuff, it is not the same. It is fundamentally different. And things ended there. Like, it ended. That's That was the end. He hasn't had his co-host on again on the show. Like, it's yeah. total. It's total. It is night and day. It's not even the same thing anymore. And you could hear the difference in his voice. He's more reserved. He's not as open on his show. It's more of a, um, it, it, it's totally changed. And I, I wonder if like, like when people can just do that and there's no real, like, cause before we would have these standards, if you wanted to write in, like, look at the Louis, look at the, it's okay. This is what I'm trying to get at. Look at the Louis 
CK article. That had almost sources who verified things, fact like fact checkers, all this stuff, and it came out as absolutely true. And within um, one day, he admits to it and goes, "Yeah, like I like this is all absolutely true. I did this horrible, horrible, um, horrible stuff." But then, if you look at what happened to Chris Hardwick, like this was a blog. This was just a person yeah. on writing a thing, and it's like, and without any sort, like you know, we're, we're going to lose. Any, any on the sense of like certainty and reality. Yeah, I love Bill Bill Burr goes. You know what I miss? Evidence. <laughs> well, just you know, like like I mean, there used to be this thing where I can remember back in the day. I'm sure these still exist, where you would have to like write a paper on on a book that you read. You would read you read all of these um, literature like journals and stuff, and they would have things that would you know refer to other things. You could tell these were like deeply deeply thought out ideas by people who that was their job to you know do that and those people have lost their platform for the most part and so what we are left with is just opinion pieces and it's just it's really really shallow yeah and so the the scholarly apparatus exists yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly slow, what I'm getting at exactly it, it exists to slow down the individual making claims Right, the scientific method itself is to present your research as uh, falsifiable, and if people try to falsify it by re- replicating your research and they can't, then it stands. Right. So this notion of the scholarly apparatus. So you you can don't have to just talk about natural science. You can talk about in philosophy and theology. You're citing dozens of sources, if not. Hundreds, right? I, I remember this one guy talking about uh, when he was first published. He gave his article to his mom and dad, his mom and dad, and they were like, uh, "You know, no, I, I'm not going to read this. You, your footnotes are longer than your actual article, right? Like so many hundreds of footnotes, right? But the scholarly apparatus itself, having peer review, having a process by which um, those are institutions." That exists to foster the internal good of a tradition. That tradition is scientific inquiry, philosophical inquiry, theological inquiry, social sciences, all this stuff. But once the outside goods, the external goods of that institution become overriding, that's where you get corruption. So uh, we need more grant money. So then journals start loosening their standards of peer review, right? Or there's social pressure put on so you have that fame respectability angle that's an external good put on the culture of let's say gender studies and what ends up happening is they begin to walk the party line and begin rejecting articles from scientific inquiry that would counter the dominant narrative so for instance this pro this hardcore feminist pro abortion pro all the things that the catholic church says writes a slightly critical examination of transgender teenage girls and how they're what they call what, rapid onset, whatever at Brown university. She publishes, she does all the research, has all this information. And guess what? Yeah, even though it was published, it was immediately removed. And the president of Brown issued a, an apology on behalf of its journal that the school publishes because it might've offended someone. Right. So you look at that, like here's scientific inquiry then you have the external good coming against us, and it's like, well, well, okay, science is gone, goodbye. It's all ideologically driven now, and that's my 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 big fear is like it's hitting every part that the apparatus now is being bent hardcore in a different direction, and I, and I, 
you know, a lot of people will hear that and they'll go, people just can't get offended anymore. That you know, they're too like yeah. thin skin, and it's often on oh, boomers who say this. I'm like boomers about guys, millennials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like you guys started the hating your parents thing. So let's be clear here. Um, and uh, sorry that dad didn't um, love you any, like enough after he defeated Hitler. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, but there's this like. I don't think that's actually the problem. I think people all, people like people killed each other back in the day over being offended, like your yeah. honor. Like so that's always been a thing of getting hurt over over um, being offended. It's I think it's actually obsession with with fame. Mm. Because or wanting or you know because everything is now on the national or on like yeah. the global yes. scale. Everything yeah. is. So if you want to publish a paper like that, it has to have an appeal to them. It, instead of being like it was always like the only time I would ever read any of those like English stuff, and I you know the English stuff, those um, great articles out of these um, out of these like, literature journals, and I loved it. But it was when I was for doing a research on like a paper, a book, a short story or something. And it's for that. It's not yeah. meant to be consumed by a, a you know, uh, a like, you know, 80-year-old woman, a, you know, 12-year-old girl and a like 25-year-old dude. Like it's, it's meant to appeal to people who are interested in like the, you know, um, intellectual uh, stuff about, you know, like this, this one on topic here. And instead, now that everything has to be, and it's, you only exist if you're famous now, right? So everything has to be big. It has to be popular. It's all mass culture. And so it has lost its whole context. And so, like, I feel I'm, what my fear is we're going to lose that because what is, like, people hate Joe Rogan right now. He's, a, if, you, if you go on to Reddit, he's one of the most hated people on the front page right right now. And you, I, I first encountered this when I was seeing people crap on South Park and I thought it was interesting because I'm like South Park is the one show that everyone kind of likes that no matter what they, your ideology they crap is, on everyone <laughs> well and, and it's well thought out and it's, and, it's yeah. and it's like they're just hilarious yeah and it's just you know they they find the holes in everything and this one person said I don't like um, South Park because it told me that caring was wrong or like caring was dumb and I'm like that's so no it does it, like if anything it says that caring is important what you're upset about is they crapped on things that you think are important. Yeah. And it's, there's this, um, it just, it's, it's like everything we, we have no, like, where's wokeness's ideology? Like, where is it's like written out th thing of where it says, this is what we want. This is what we believe in. It doesn't really exist, but there's this weird cultural consciousness going on um, with it when it's about influencing the masses and when that's what counts you're going to lose any real sense of like roots or uh wholeness it's just going to be this um it's just like uh, because the medium is the message it's going to have like a shallowness to that and so the things you care about are actually only going to be skin deep because that's all you know about, that's all you know about it the Black Lives like, like the Black Lives Matter uh, stuff becomes either about like like people can't have a nuanced take on it on both sides. It's impossible 
how to do that. COVID-19, you either think it's like a government cons- conspiracy and, you know, you y- refuse to wear th- the mask or you think we're all going going to die. Like all we believe are, th- you know, the headlines because that's all that matters. Did I make my point? Well, I am so sorry. I am exhausted. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So <laughs> that's, it, it is. Feel free to is, say no. It is funny to me how with woke culture there is not. It, it is a movement without a center, without a without an under a self without a self understanding. Right? It's like the stripping away of non offensiveness and the creating of safe places for previously marginalized groups. Okay, and it started with you know things like civil rights for minorities here in America, but then it's become everything, right? So I was listening to, I was watching a YouTube channel of a uh, a trans woman activist who is cited by a handful of scientific researchers and stuff like that, and and uh, literary critics and stuff, and you start to listen to them. And this person's like, no, there's no such thing as sex. It's all made up. It's all a social construct. Just because some people have penises and some people have vaginas doesn't mean they're a man or or a woman. We just decided to label the being that has a penis and a being that has a vagina a man or woman. But that's not real. We just made that up. So if all you care about a man or woman is whether or not they have a penis or vagina, you're messed up, not, not the person. Right? And you're like... So this is where we've come. This is like the funny part of the conservatism of a Joe Rogan because he can't, being a man from the sporting world, he can't deny differences. And so it causes him to pull back. Like there are differences between male and female body types. Now he tends to read it at a mechanistic level, but there are, he's like, I'm not willing to walk down this road with you. If you're 25 years old and you really feel like you're a woman and you're born a man, go change your gender. I don't care. That's a Joe Rogan approach. That's that liberal libertarian approach, right? Go do whatever the hell you want as long as you don't make me care about it. But at the same time, because he sees the way, you know, a terrible man who is a UFC fighter becomes a transgendered woman and puts people in the hospital and wins a bunch of things and eventually loses, which proves he wasn't even a good fighter to begin with. That he's like, it's dangerous and you can't do it. So pull back. And the culture's like, nope, full steam ahead, bro. Right? Like, we're going to pull away from you. I, I thought it was gutsy that Spotify would go anywhere near Joe Rogan in the midst of all this. But it, it's fascinating because there's these elements of like, they are canceling now each other. Like, they're burning or they're, they're going after the Portland mayor. Right? And he's like, he was like all in favor of of the protests and all that stuff. He was all in favor. He was their cheerleader. I have and no idea what's going after. on with any of that. Just because, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the, they they end up calling in the federal police, um, and it, there was a lot of stuff that I, I think there was a lot of misinformation about it in the beginning. Um, I think there still is a lot out there, but again, you know, news sources. But the federal police just started rounding people up in Portland in unmarked vans, and you're like, oh my god, it's like the Gestapo. And that was my initial reaction, like, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? We're becoming, a, we're becoming an insane fascist society, are we? But then you find out that the mayor is, like, begging the federales to do something because he lost all control. He's like, I was with these people, and now they turned against me. <laughs> so it's like it's a, it's, a, it's a dragon that's eating its own tail. Like, they're eating their young is what they're doing, like these woke culture. Because what was, what was acceptable orthodoxy yesterday 
is offensive today. And so the bar keeps getting moved, but there's no superlative. There's no goal. And it keeps getting moved and moved more and more and more. Like Asians. Asian students are allowed to be discriminated against because they outperform whites in America. So like that, like for half of, like, yeah, it's fine to discriminate them. That doesn't count. What really counts is, and you're like, what is happening in our culture? I don't know. I, I feel, I feel so exhausted by it. But at the same time, I do think because of the diversity of opinion that's available on the internet, you can at least, at least find sources that are sane. But this is where I think the, uh, the importance of philosophy is so crucial. We need to read philosophy. We need to understand the genealogy of ideas and morals. We need to. I'm so tired. Oh, Luke. Oh, Luke. I love you so much. No, I... I um, hey, wait, up. wait, 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 wait. Mm. Now, okay, let's shift focus. I need mm-hmm. you to tell me why you think the timeline is oh, correcting. Okay. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Luke's awake, baby. So, here we go. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. I, I apologize for my point earlier. Please edit the crap out of that. I'm so, <laughs> so sleepy. No, Luke. Luke, I want you to look like an idiot. <laughs> do you know... I mean, you do know... What, how, how you guys do this with multiple kids... Shame on you. How do you do this? I'm just oh, they're at Ikea with the missus. That's how we do it. <laughs> I was up like, I got like an hour of sleep, and then I was up for like two hours, and then I got like an hour and a half, and then I was asleep for two hours, and now here we are. And I'm like, how does a person supposed to function like this? <laughs> how? I ask you, how? Okay, yeah. so um, Taylor Swift, our gal, 2014 or so, she releases... What is arguably one of the greatest pieces of pop art in the past 20 years, 1989. We're big fans of it here on the Catching Foxes show. We, we enjoyed that. We enjoyed, we enjoyed that, that album. album. I've got you it. know what's funny? I don't think I ever listened to the whole album, but I enjoyed many of those songs. I've got it on vinyl. I am a fan. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not kidding. You can use me You're holding your forties. You, you can use me holding the vinyl album as a cover art for this episode. I will take it. a picture. I, <laughs> I love that album very, very, very much. It's just like it is the perfect pop. I'm young, like the world. I'm engaging with it. I've got some. I like have some baggage, but I'm so excited. It's wonderful. It's it's just I adore it. Taylor Swift or die as far as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> then she comes out with. And I don't want to get the year out on this. So if you give me just a second, bad here. reputation was that the next one? I think it's um reputation. And by the way, I'm having major issues with um Safari. I don't know if, if it's my computer or if it's um Safari in general. I blame but, Canada. Uh, seriously. Because I, I had issues with uh, Safari on my phone as well. I was like, that's weird. Lose. So uh, she comes out. I just want to find her albums. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Hold, Luke, please. Luke. <laughs> there, Luke. That's, 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 that's the leg that America wants to see. Yeah. America's um, thighs. America's. That's, <laughs> that's America's <laughs> thighs. That's awesome. Okay, so. She comes out with um reputation in 2017. So this is really kind of so I think that I think that oh, my theory's off. But something happens where we kind of enter the darkest timeline around 2016. Like the t- whole Trump election's the first like sign of that. I was like, "Wait, what? Donald Trump is the, is the is the president of the of like the United States." So I'm going to say for my theory, I don't know what's really going on. Like what causes the darkest timeline to happen? I don't think it's the album um, um, 1989 because it's so pure and good. But then you then you have like um, then you have like reputation, and it's like 
Meh. Taylor Swift's trying. It's a it's a little like S and M-y, like her image on there. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit I'm dark, edgy. Yeah, right. it's like okay. you don't need to wear black nail polish to just just be edgy. But you do you. Then she comes out like Lover last last year, and it's like, nah, whatever. On that, it's yeah. it's just that was that was that her good. woke culture moment. That was one hundred percent her woke culture moment. Then she and like and you know we're I mean like and then so then we're we're continuing on. Then we like um, have the COVID stuff. We've got uh, all of the murder hornets. Uh, you know we have the recession. Twenty twenty is just like here with you know a vengeance and we're like what is happening this is worse than the than the uh, than the alternate of 1985 and back to the future too yeah she comes out with like folklore and it is so good it's so pure and i, I just love that you describe it with the interesting word and like it's and i'm like i wonder if this is taylor swift trying to correct the timeline Mm. Is this an attempt to get things back to the way that they should be? Okay. Okay. Are we seeing any signs of that? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> like, and, <laughs> no, no. My theory is an inch deep, baby. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought this out at all. Um, I was really hoping that like reputation came out in 2015. Uh, but oh, that, uh, that it would that would have that, that set up the that sets it up because I don't know what it sets was it up. Be, Luke. Here's the problem: it was being written in 2015. That's true. That's true. And, and she was, wrote and, and she wrote like okay. So I'm gonna let's assume she starts to write on reputation before the dark timeline happens. Which, for the sake of argument, just to, just to give a date, will be when Donald Trump like wins the nomination or something in 2016. Because that was just so crazy. She's writing the album right there, and it's just not – it's really not what she should be doing. It's more of a marketing thing, and then it just goes bad. And she, and she like, wrote and recorded her newest album, like, during the whole pandemic. Like, wrote, recorded, and, like, and, like, and released all right now. And it is so good, and I'm wondering if this is the timeline. Is, start, is, is um, nature beginning to heal? Okay. I'm going to go alongside with what you're saying. The dark universe, okay, the dark verse, uh, further compounded at this exact time frame with the release of the 2017 film The Mummy starring Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So it was a part of our zeitgeist, Luke. It, it was, was impregnating Hollywood. It was there. It was filling our T-Swift with dark thoughts. Uh, yeah, there. it was, you know. It, that that's exactly that's exactly what it was, man. You're nailing it. You're nailing it, Luke. And then when that uh, was not financially successful and it collapsed, that allowed a, uh, a, a a ray of light, if you will, that Taylor Swift snatched hold of and fashioned in this and, time of and COVID. Fine, you know, and you know, whoever's in charge of, of the darkest time when they were like. COVID's gonna be like what kills them. Like this is the death of all of them, mm. and. The light said, oh, uh, contrary, you son of a bitch, you. I'm going to give Taylor Swift all the inspiration that, like, she needs in a matter of four months to write and produce and release a, like, goth folk incredible masterpiece. Mm. And from that, nature is healing. (laughs) They literally. There's a reason why the album art is her in the woods. <laughs> uh, she also started practicing alchemy, just going full circle. 
<laughs> and hospitals are just playing her album on loop in their COVID wings. People are being healed. healed. They're like I families can... are being restored. Joe Rogan uh, has like made up with his with his family. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. And neither do I. I probably shouldn't make, shouldn't make jokes about that. There's peace. Peace is happening, right? They will know we are Christians by, by our, our love. love. By, by our, our love. love. No, really, by our love. Um, for, yeah, <laughs> for $10 a month. <laughs> Patreon.com slash CF. Yeah. No, it's by our love. We wonder why Christian... Uh, it's a uh, 19-year-old Christian artists who were selling the gospel in music form suddenly didn't have any faith when they were 25. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, man, yeah. Ock Nelson was so stupid even when they began. They literally had toys on their microphones, and everyone was like, who are you? Go away. And then they did. From the church. <laughs> no, but anyways, I'm just here to say, have you, have you heard Folklore? No, I haven't heard a single song. My friend. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Before you do this, the last song I listened to was a Kids Bop song, but uh, I wasn't with my kids. Do you know what Kids Bop is, Luke? Yeah, you've, you've, I've talked about it before. It's where okay. kids sing pop songs they probably shouldn't sing. Okay, case in point, Nicki Minaj's Hey Mama. Now, have you ever heard Nicki Minaj's Hey Mama? Uh, Aaron is a fan of the Nicki homage, so I probably have at some point in time. Got a catchy hook, but the kids' bop version has almost nothing in common with the lyrics of the Nicki Minaj version. So I was listening to it in our car ride home from St. Louis, and uh, I I was listening because I needed to stay awake. I'd been doing Jordan Peterson for 29 hours, needed to turn that off. So I look over at Shan, I said, hey, and she was listening to music, and kids kids were in the back watching a movie, and I said, hey. Go listen to Hey Mama, but not the Kids Bop version. Listen to the Nicki Minaj version and put on the lyrics. Read the lyrics as it's going by. And I literally just pulled out my phone and started taking pictures of my wife's face. I mean, while like right driving. The, yes, yes. <laughs> With I'm like, your whole family what? in the car. My whole, I got all this precious cargo. I'm going 85 in a 25. You are so from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask, right? I'm like the doorknobs. <laughs> Nothing bad can happen to me. <laughs> I live in God's God's uh, promised land. God so bless I'm Texas except Austin. Woo! <laughs> Shannon's face is just oscillates between shock and disgust and just oh 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 and i'm just like photo photo you know i'm hitting the volume button to take <laughs> yeah, photos yeah, and yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. all right i'm getting some good photos and she looks over at me and she's like what is this and i was like how did kidsbop.org or whatever the organization is decide yeah let's take this this uh this thing that's all about like oral sex and stuff, and let's make it for children. It's let's so, make this song for children. So wrong, I know. So I'll hear these songs I, I that think my kids it, are I listening to. I think it's to. called grooming. I could be wrong, but I'm yeah, pretty I, sure it's called grooming. Yeah, you're not wrong. But man, the kids' pop version is so good. <laughs> when you hear, it, you go, "Oh, that's why I get it now." Never mind. <laughs> yeah, listen to it and be like, "Dang it, Luke was right again." <laughs> Oh, now, oh. Here's, here's what could also be happening, and this will make me very, very sad. So there's a lot of stuff going on with the whole, like, um, uh, Epstein, Epstein stuff. Oh, you know? my gosh. And again, I'm not Me able and Shannon to- watched one of the documentaries on Netflix. We watched episode one of it, and Shannon just sat there with her hand on her heart because, you know, it's all about little girls getting molested. Oh. She has her hand on her heart the whole hour long. She's like, oh, my God. 
like the whole, and I'm like, gosh, my wife could sustain that for a whole hour. Okay. She's sweet. I love her. <laughs> She's a human and knows and how to all feel. Of a sudden, and then all of a sudden she just started just kicking ass and I'm taking names like, oh, Shannon's pissed. <laughs> she killed Epstein out of rage. Who would win in a fight? Her or Dave Van Vickle? Uh, well, I would say Dave Van Vickle, but Shannon fights very dirty. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, You fight dirty, Janet Reno. Then how come my conscience is so clean? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So what if, so this whole like Epstein thing, like, have you read the names on there who like was on his plane? Yeah. Bill Clinton, Bo- uh, Bill Gates, Tom uh, Hanks, pr- Ben Affleck, oh. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah. If you want to have your heart crush, read Prince, the list of who's been on a plane with him. Prince, whoever, you yeah. know, but you can understand like you might, I mean, just because you're on a plane doesn't mean like. You're molesting children. Yes. No, no, no. Okay. And part sh- of that is courting of people with the fame and the money. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and, and I should also, like, it's not like, in terms of how, like, big, famous, um, how like, fundraisers work, it it really, I could see how he could get a celebrity on a plane to go do a thing out in Africa. And it doesn't have to, you know. But when you dive a little bit um, deeper into this, it's, you know, um, human trafficking is a major major issue there are more slaves now than there have ever been throughout um, human history and that especially now it's not um, labor intensive although that still exists uh hello Qatar staring at you um a lot of it especially here in the states when it happens and this is the horrible part it is sexual and it's quite often young girls when is this stuff at its peak things like the super bowl um, conventions, huge events, people are horrible. Like we should all just, you know, weep. And um, what if this stuff is coming to light right now? Thank God. And like the dark side is like, oh no, I'm going to distract all of you. Here's an amazing Taylor Swift album. Oh, so you think Taylor Swift might actually be the whore of Babylon? No, 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 no. I think she's as pure as the you know, white snow. I just think she could be being used by dark forces, okay, okay, um, to like somehow, you know, like so we need to like you know uh, help our girl. So so <laughs> so it's almost like she's the Republican Senate that when the Empire takes over, exactly he'll make use of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the moment he's going to get rid of it, he's going to get rid of it. Yeah, he's going to yeah. disband. So. I, I'm more inclined to believe that it's for the good that this album is coming. Like, there's a song with her and Bonnie Vera that I'm like, oh my, this is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. I mean, it's so just- one of the guys, uh, I think, was it James in the commentary uh, on on Patreon said that he thought that that song was less than what he was hoping for. Oh, he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. James, I love you, but uh, it's amazing. I don't know it's, if it was James. It's it might amazing. have been the new guy. It might have been the new guy that oh, just jumped on board. If it's Patreon. a new guy who's got the amazing name, I understand that and respect here <laughs> because that name is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. It, it has like uh, the third in it at the end. It's incredible. Or the fourth, <laughs> whatever. It's amazing. Um, okay, Gomer, this is what I want you to do. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, by the way, like all of that, like all of the like Epstein stuff is horrific and that needs to be exposed because this is not good. Yeah. Like uh, human trafficking is, bleh, it's all, it's so, so bad. When you, like, and it's ties to the pornography industry. Like, it all goes back to sex. That's yeah, what the when ball, me, it's, when me it's and my horrific. wife were watching this. Yeah, when we were watching the the thing, and it was like basically how uh, it mostly centers on his estate in Florida. It deals with these two girls, one of whom was stuck at this ranch in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico or something. Um, one of his many estates. But the the crazy thing was, she said, "How how does this happen?" And I said, 
honey, if if I'm a I'm a gross old man from the perspective of teenagers, right? If I want to have sex with someone that's younger, how how would I do it? Like they would look at me and they'd be like, "Ooh, gross." Like why well, like it's funny cuz in the in the documentary they all say so uh, they told me to bring a friend to this old man's house. They kept calling him an old man. I'm like, hey, "He's like maybe 20 years older than me." You know, and it's so funny because that's how teenagers view adults, right? This old man, you know, whatever. But how do you do it? You do it in two ways. You offer you you intimidate them and you give them money. The money, if they take the $200 that he would give these girls for a massage, if they take the money in their mind, and he knows this, that's what manipulators do. If you take the money, you are saying it's okay what you did to me, right? And that's a part of the manipulation. But you take the money because you're intimidated because you're at a Florida, you know, Palm Beach estate with a huge wall all around it. You can't just leave. You're in their home. You're in this guy's home. You're done. Like this, a 14, 15 year old girl, she's terrified. What is she going to, how did she get out of that situation? So she does what she says. And and this is one of the things that breaks my heart. Almost every single one of them use the same phrase. Like I just did what he wanted or he, he touched me or groped me. And I just, you know, took my mind out of it. And I have heard so many young women in, in, uh, like Matt Frad donates his money for the porn myth book to this um, wonderful sex trafficking liberation uh, charity. And I was reading some of their reviews. And that's what they do. These women disassociate, right? It's like my mind is here. My body is here. And I just need to escape this horror. But um, so I was saying to Shane, I said, this is what they do. This is how you how gross old men hook up with these teenage girls. It's they're poor. And it's the money. Right? Like the poor always suffer. The vulnerable always suffer. He's not going to walk up to a, uh, a 17 year old who's rich. She doesn't need the money. She might do something like that for the thrill, but he can't manipulate it into an ongoing event. You need to own the person. And that's where it becomes like a form of slavery, a manifestation of trafficking, even though these were high school girls that were 20 minutes away from his house, you know, and that's the thing like Shannon was like, wow, crap. Yeah. Like when you really begin to think about it, the manipulation comes because they're poor and vulnerable and that's why they're always targeted. It's always the same MO you go after. That's what the whole movie doubt was about with the priest with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the priest, right? The whole movie is about here's this one kid that the priest is going to spend extra time with because the kid is hurting. Right, he's he, you know, he doesn't have a strong father. He doesn't have this. Well, then it's like, oh, but that's the people that molesters target. And Meryl Streep is the nun who ha- I don't have evidence, but I have my certainty. Great line in the movie. But so that that like that's the people who suffer the most. That's why we have to be the most vigilant. Yeah, it. it um, <sighs> I I don't. Th- uh, Did he commit suicide, Luke? Probably not. I, no, like, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think. think for so. Yeah, I don't think so. I, Did I, you hear what Trump like? Trump in 2012 was like, "You should talk to the prince and ask him if he knows Jerry Epstein and the little parties that he has." Why don't you? And he was saying that to like Entertainment Tonight or TMZ or something like that. He was like, "Yeah, why don't you go do that? Why don't you go talk to that? Uh, talk to the prince, right? You know, Prince whatever. Yeah, what, what is prince his name? Andrew yeah. or whatever. Andrew? Yeah." And he's like, "Why don't you go talk to him?" And, you know, Prince Andrew knew him very well. Um, which was terrifying, um, even after he was a convicted sex offender. And you have this line, and then his 
his uh, girlfriend just gets arrested, and someone asks Trump because there's all these photos of him and Trump, and with her, and he says, "How are you know? What do you think about what's her name?" He goes, "Oh, I haven't been following it, but you know, I wish her the very best." It's like. This woman is being accused of, like, trafficking hundreds of, like, dozens upon dozens of young underage girls. You wish her the best? And he repeated it. And you're like, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing. And then other people are like, no, he's sending a signal to her. Like, crap. Crap. You can name my name. You can name my name. Uh, You know, all this is speculation. We don't know. But yikes. It just, yeah. um, The, this is. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm I'm almost speechless because I'm just like, yeah. good gosh, it's horrible, it's horrible. You yeah. want to hear something crazy right now about our world and culture? Yeah, because I, I honestly have no idea what's going on. So, my wife is at IKEA right now, buying my son Thomas a desk. His birthday is tomorrow, and that's what we do in the Gormley household: learning over everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's starting kindergarten this year. He's turning five tomorrow. Oh. He's starting kindergarten, so it's a really sweet little moment, right? Mm-hmm. So they went down to go buy him a desk that's the same as Noah's and Cecilia's. And Shannon just sent me a text message, and she said, "IKEA is all out of desks. Ooh. They don't have desks." How weird. I mean, like, we are living in a weird, weird age, time, man. Yeah. Homes, yeah, well, everyone's... Uh, what do you... How does this story end? It doesn't. It doesn't. It just, We're in a time loop. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of... Uh, okay. Mm, I may have just... Okay. I watched a movie. I don't okay. want to tell anyone about the plot of it. I just want you to watch it, because that's what I did. And it was so good. Um... Shit, I'm sorry. I'm so freaking tired. Uh, what's the name of it? Pacific. Uh, Pacific Rim. No, it's with Andy Samberg uh, and the girl from How I Met Your Mother who plays. The oh, mother. yeah. The the infinite time loop thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, damn Paul it. Beach? You gave it away. <laughs> what? That, it's in the preview. I know, but I, did, it's, I think it's best if you don't look at the preview because you're like, what the hell's going on? And then it like you then you don't figure it out. It's like, oh, that's actually really cool. Like, I had no idea what the story was about. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! I saw the preview a trillion times. Well, oh, that's funny. Listen, um, I, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I guess I do watch a lot of YouTube, and it kicks on the commercials, yeah, which is where I saw it. You ruin everything. I'm just kidding. That's not true. I do. Yeah, no, I mean, my wife said that on our honeymoon night. 